This podcast is sponsored by King Manual Therapy, restoring function to body and voice. Later on, we will be discussing the services Stephen offers and where you can find him. Hello and welcome to Industry Minds, the podcast that discusses the importance of talking about mental health within the creative arts. My name is Cathy Reid. And I'm Scarlett Maltland. And this week we are joined by the lovely Molly Parker. Hello, how are you? Very well, thank you. How are you? Good, thanks. (laughs) Good, good. Molly is a graduate of the Guildford School of Acting and she has come to talk to us about all things graduate life, which we all know a lot about, don't we, Scarlett? Yes, absolutely. Mm Absolutely. So we're going to be shedding some light on what happens after you graduate, especially for those of you who are uh, class of 2019. (laughs) (laughs) So, Scarlett, cheeky game? Yes. Are you ready for our word association game? Yeah, I think so. Okay, here we go. Number one, positivity. Energy. (laughs) Treat yourself. I made that one word. Buy stuff. What do you buy? Lush bath bombs. Yeah. I love the fairy one they do at Christmas. Yes, but it's like an addiction. It's not healthy. (laughs) The Baker Lou line. Awful. (laughs) Bed. Love it. Mm -hmm. Support. My mum. Oh, yes, mum. Killing Eve. I love it. Yes. <laughs> I wrote that this morning. I was like, I really hope you've watched it. But then I, I don't think... Well, you, have you watched it, Cathy? Have you? Yeah. Okay. She <laughs> says with girl turn her eyes. I'm joking. Last one. Graduation. Fun. Fun, yes. I like that. Fun is graduate life. Brilliant. So let's get going. Um, Molly, when did you know that you wanted to be involved with this industry? So it's kind of been ever since I was younger, to be honest with you. Um, I was always singing around the house, you know, typical musical theatre child. (laughs) But yeah, I've always wanted to do it and I can't imagine myself doing anything else. Like I couldn't work in an office, anything like that. Yeah, I kind of wish I could because it'd be more stability, but (laughs) yeah, no, it's not for me. Where are you from? You've got a lovely voice. Thank you. Um, South Wales. Mm. Do you speak full on Welsh? No, no, Aww. I know it's sad. I can say, um, catch, 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 yeah, catch, 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 means cuddle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great word, isn't it? So, um, did you go to um, an academic school or did you go to one that was more kind of performing arts based? So I went to a normal, I went to a Catholic high school um, and then a Catholic sixth form, um, which was quite, like, the drama department there was, like, quite good. Um, and we used to do, like, shows every year and things like that. And I had singing teachers there, but I didn't go to, um, like, a, like, a theatre-based school. And then, obviously, I auditioned for drama schools and then went to GSA. So, yeah. So how did you find, I know that I certainly struggled with this at school, um, like, kind of doing musical theatre outside of school and then keeping up with, like, A-levels and GCSEs and all that jazz? At the time, to be honest with you, I wasn't struggling with my mental health um, that much over my GCSEs. Um, I just found it um, hard because we, I don't know if other schools did this, we do a thing called raise a grade, you'd have to go to after school um, to, like, yeah, just help raise your grade if you wanted to get an A. 
yeah, you just like go and just do extra work. So that would clash with like rehearsals um, for the school show and stuff. And then if you didn't go to rehearsals, that teacher would be like, why are you there? And then the other teacher would be like, why are you coming to raise a grade? And that would be stressful because it'd be like, well, I want to do both and I should be allowed to do both. But I found, I found that whole thing, yeah, I pr pretty fine because I wanted to do well in my GCSEs and I really enjoyed doing the whole kind of musical thing. So it kind of like kept me going. There was something to like look forward to. Like after I finish this work, I can go mm -hmm. yeah. have a sing song. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Sure. Were you auditioning when you were doing exams um, for any of the drama schools? Um, so I was doing my A-levels then. Um, which was stressful. That's kind of when I was like eighteen. It was after my GCSEs going into sixth form. That's where my mental health started to get quite bad. Um, because I've I've always had it from a young age, but um, I went through a bout of glandular fever just in sixth form. So I had like a month or so of school, which was like kind of like sleeping all the time. Mm -hmm. And then I missed out on a lot of school work and stuff. And that was kind of like a quite a stressful time for me. And I've always been like such a stress head, so mm -hmm. that doesn't help. Um, yeah, and then auditioning and doing like exams at the same time was quite hard because for, for GSA, I don't, I don't know about other drama schools, I don't know what it was like for you guys, but you had to like hit certain marks, like mm -hmm. it was A, A, B or B, B, A. But when I got my when I got mine through, I had to get AAA, and I oh I'm absolutely shit at writing. Mm -hmm. And for the drama side, you know, you do practical and then you do written. Oh my god, you should have seen me! I was <laughs> it was I was just like crying. I'm not gonna get it. I'm not gonna pass because because I just I wasn't strong enough on like that kind of that kind of academic side. Mm -hmm. um, but luckily. I passed. I got um I got a B and they still let me through. But that that was stressful because I found out that I got in in like April time, but I knew that I still had to that wasn't it. I had to pass my exams and I was just like I know my mum was thinking, What is she gonna do if you know what I mean? Because it would just be ridiculous. So I remember I got in, got a room at the house and I literally was like sticking things to the wall, mm -hmm. trying to learn everything, mm -hmm. like I'm gonna know everything. Thank God I got there in the end because I don't know what I would have done. But mm -hmm. I know there was there's some people that don't that, that get in and then don't get their grades and they can't go. Yeah, yeah. Which is crazy. So you mentioned that you had glandular fever. Um, obviously, el um, illness is very much related to triggering mental health. Um, I remember years and years ago when I was at Dance School Scotland, I had the norovirus extremely badly um, and I had it for two weeks that was two weeks I missed out on school at the time of auditioning as well and then my boyfriend at the time I gave it to him so then I had another further three weeks and because I got it back to back I was extremely ill and I was so out the bubble like I was away from all my friends I couldn't get out of my bed um, and that instantly sparked you know I was really, really, really low, and it was quite hard to get out of that and come into back, back to school where people were always like, like five weeks ahead of me. How did you find that? Especially, how how old were you at the time of of that? Um, I was about seventeen, yes. so I experienced like stuff with mental health before when I was younger, but it had gone away. And this, I feel like this is when it came back. I think I hadn't seen I hadn't seen anyone for like weeks because like I couldn't go to school, and we were doing a play at the time, and it was. And we was doing exams as well. Um, one of the exams that would have um, 
the one of the drama exams that I would have had to use to get into GSA. And I just remember being so stressed and I, like you said, I couldn't get out of like I couldn't get out of bed either and I couldn't eat and I just remember losing so much weight. So I think that definitely like made things a lot worse for me, which I think for anyone, I think if you're off work or school for like a month doing nothing, stuck in the house, it'll just go a bit stir crazy. And I think that's definitely what happened. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I didn't see many people. My One of my friends came and visited a few times, but I suppose no one wanted to catch us. <laughs> And so when you finally got back to school, did did it take you a while to kind of settle into your ground again or did you see improvements with your mental health when you kind of like got everything back together and you were in normal routine, kind of out of bed again? Um, you know, I actually don't know. I can't remember. It's such a blur. Um, like I said, I've always struggled with it. So it's always been present kind of throughout my life, even when I'm not like aware of it. Um but I think just just from then, it kind of got better and got worse. And then just as drama school auditions came around, I just remember like freaking out and just, I put like everything into it. It was like all or nothing. Like I couldn't see like me not getting in. Like it just wasn't, a th- it wasn't a thing for me. And yeah, and my um, singing teacher at the time was just really like putting a lot of pressure on me. And a lot of teachers were just putting a lot of pressure. Um, which wasn't helpful when I was putting so much pressure on myself. So, yeah, it was kind of tumbling into disaster, really, from there. (laughs) So before you went to drama school, did you ever seek help for um, your mental health? Um, Yeah, so I've always, um, from the age of, I think, nine, I was um, diagnosed with OCD. Um, They were... I've been told they say it's triggered from my mum having cancer because I was like quite young. I was like eight or eight or nine. Um, and now I come to think of it, that would be quite distressing for a young child. So, you know, I think speaking to a therapist, we've kind of put it down to that's kind of what triggered it and started it all off. Um, and I kind of had this thing when I was younger that I would just be compulsively washing my hands all the time to the point that they would be that bleeding, that I'd wash them so much. So my mum was like, we need to go to the doctors. And the kind of doctor like spoke to me and we went on the waiting list on the NHS. But it just, I think it took like a year, you know. It took so long. And by the time it came round, I felt a lot better and I was like, I don't want to go. And then when I was older, around the time of glandular fever, my um, auntie had cancer. So they think that's kind of another thing that could have kind of triggered it off. And it was kind of the same thing again, like washing my hands so they were bleeding, just like really like uh, kind of lots of different things which kind of went over into being depressed and just like really, really anxious. So around that time of kind of like while auditioning for drama school, I was seeking therapy, um, which was okay. (laughs) If anyone's been to therapy, they would know you've got to be in the kind of right mind, like headspace for it. And I was in the headspace that I was like, don't want to be here, don't want this. Every time I would have to go, be like, no. I wouldn't speak to my mum in the car. I was like, no, not going. But it definitely did help. And I go now and I find it like the most beneficial thing, just kind of talking. Because, and when you talk to like people who are not a therapist, you kind of realise a lot of people go through the same thing. They're just kind of too scared, um, to talk about it they think that no oh my gosh no one else has 
thinking these things I think when really we all are it's just some people are just too scared to talk about it yeah, um, so you mentioned OCD there um, can you just kind of enlighten us what OCD is because um, a lot of people just think it's you know everything in a straight line or everything being super clean but obviously there's a lot more below the surface to what it is and um, so just kind of chat to us and our listeners about you know what, what it really is so OCD is a wonderful thing. Um, it um, stands for obsessive compulsive disorder. So you kind of have obsession, obsessions, you kind of obsess over something. For example, for me is that, um, oh, did I just, um, for example, touch that rubbish over there? Um, and I'll obsess over it, obsess over it. And then I'll have to do something to allow me to think that it's okay. For example, repeatedly washing my hands. Um, and that can... It can manifest in lots of different ways. Um, I'm reading a great book at the moment, which has really helped me. I can't actually remember what it's called, so I can't actually. I'll tell you. I'll tell you later. Put it on Twitter. Um, it can be literally with anything. You can have like of the mind. You can have obsessive thoughts over things, like for example. Um, I don't know, is my relationship falling apart when you have no signs of it, but you can just obsess over it and, and things like that. And it can just, yeah, it can be really kind of a da- like a dangerous thing because it can take up so much of your time. Like when I've been at my worst, I've been like unable to do anything. I remember that I just couldn't have anything touch me at all. And I'd wash my hands and I'd have to like, get straight back to my bedroom and just make sure nothing touched me on the way. And if it didn't, like, I'd have to go back and do it again. Even even if something didn't, like, something in my mind would be telling me that it did. To a lot of people, like, it's not going to make any sense. Because even to me, it doesn't make sense. It's like, why are you doing this? You know, it's fine. But that's the way it is. And, like, through my life, I've had a lot of people telling me that I've made it up just because, because I've got a messy room means I haven't got it. And that's what I think is that people don't understand about it it's much more don't get me wrong a lot of a lot of people have OCD to do with everything has to be in order but it's yeah for sure yeah it's it's so it could be literally anything right it's 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 very interesting but I think people have a huge lack of understanding of it the same with with most mental illnesses and I think yeah (laughs) Yeah, educate. educate yourself, and I think that's um, that's why it's great doing this podcast as well because we get to talk to people like yourself, and we we get to learn stuff and put it out there to other people that you know. Like I, I didn't know that about OCD until we started doing this. Um, so it's 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 been great just to learn about stuff and to get people to be more aware. So let's talk about drama school. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> you went to the GSA for three years. Um, Talk us through the highs and lows of your first and second years specifically. Okay. Okie dokie. <laughs> yeah, big question. Um, when I got there, I loved it. I was like, this place is amazing. Everyone gets me. Yeah, it's so much fun. Um, and it was it was great to just be in like a building where everyone loved what they were doing. Because I, I don't know if you went to like a normal high school, you do drama and people would just do it for like a jolly they think is a bit of a joke so I loved it I thought it was great I met some great people um I met some not very nice people um but yeah it was really enjoyable I learned a lot I think I feel like I learned 
a lot about myself more than anything, which is really bizarre. Um, like I learned to become in independent quite quickly. Um, I loved living in halls. Um, All the parties. I'm not a party animal, you know, <laughs> but um, I did go out every once in a while, but I didn't live with anyone from GSA. It was all university students. And I know some people didn't enjoy it as much because GSA students would get a lot of shit from university students. There was like a page and stuff and they were like, we should kill the GSA <gasps> students. It was like crazy. They were, wow. But to be, to be fair, I never came across any of those people, but it was a lot on social media. But no, I love my housemates. Um, I kind of spoke to them about my mental health and stuff, and like they struggled as well. And it was kind of nice to meet no no normal people, and not the drama people. Muggles. Yeah, muggles. <laughs> not that people at GSA weren't normal. It's just everyone in drama school is very happy all the time, and it was just nice to just meet with people who are relaxed and you could talk about other things because you don't always want to talk about acting all the time. You want a bit of a break from it. Um, I found just, yeah, I found it all really just bizarre. I just found drama school a really bizarre place. Um, like, everyone's, like, fighting to be the best. And I just feel like I haven't got the energy for it. Do you know what I mean? Like, of, of course I want to be the best, but I haven't got the energy to just have just energy all the time and I feel like they like let me down and like penalize me and I feel um speaking about my mental health which I did and we had um a class um where we kind of it was kind of like introducing ourselves in first year and we would kind of tell each other about our lives kind of just kind of be like hi I'm Molly this is my life blah 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 and I decided to speak about like my anxiety, my depression, my OCD, thinking that, which is something I've ne never spoke about before, thinking that, you know, this place is, seems really accepting, um, you know, people are going to accept me because of it. And for me, it just went backwards. I feel like talking about it penalised me. Teachers would say that, you know, like I would miss out on opportunities because people would believe that I wasn't well enough to do so. Um, so I totally regret kind of talking about it. Um, and it really, it, it really frustrates me because there's so many things I feel like I could have done, but people were like, maybe you shouldn't do that because, you know, it would, it would be kind of too much for you. Which, don't get me wrong, it totally could have been too much for me, but I still, I don't, I don't really like anyone else to tell me that. I think I'll decide if it'll be mm. too much. Because at the same time, I feel like I'm totally babbling on. No, this is making sense. <laughs> um, sorry, listeners. I'm like... Blah, blah, blah. Um, there was one time in first year, at the end of first year, that um, I was absolutely just done. I was shattered. As, as you know, being a drama school, the hours are so long. And for me, that's something I so struggled with, especially um, I had quite a small student loan so I try I tried to work on the weekends but I couldn't I couldn't do it because it was it was too much for me I didn't I didn't go out on the weekends I didn't party and stuff because I would use that time to just sleep and I uh, we had a kind of mental health team tied to the university which was great it's called the wellbeing center and GSA students are allowed to use like any part of the university so 
I went to the doctors, they kind of referred me to that. And the guy there, he was so lovely. He was like, I think you're you, you burnt out, um, which kind of means that you're very, very tired. You're not really capable of doing like the simplest tasks and things. And I was like, great. <laughs> so and he suggested that, you know, you don't go into to classes full time. And he kind of emailed my teachers for me and no one replied to him. No one approached me about it. So I approached um, my head a year and they were just like, oh, there's nothing we can do. You have to come to class. And that's when I decided that you know, I, can't, I can't go to class. So I had to, you know, just not go. Yeah. But don't get me wrong, I did love it. And there were some amazing teachers that I would speak to about how I felt. And they would they would just help me and just be like, it's okay, you, all you can do is all you can. Um, and that, I, that I'm unwell. One teacher always used to say to me, um, it's the same as breaking your leg. Do you know what I mean? You couldn't take part in certain things if you've broken your leg, so it's the same as that. It's just a, it's just a shame that it's not visible. We had, I don't know if you listened to our talk with Anne-Marie, mm-hmm. um, and she, I don't know if GSA are sh- signed up to the charter or not, um, but she said in her interview, you know, they address it as a whole. If someone doesn't feel feel able, they will sort it. There's an in-house counsellor you can go and talk to all the time, and it's just educating the whole school yeah. rather than, you know, isolating that one person and make them feel completely out of it. And I feel like, you know, drama schools, they need, they need to... Now is the time to be clued up. Now is the time to support your students. Like, it happened to me, it's happened to Kathy, it's happened to yourself. It's happened to most people that I know at some point. If that's a breakup and you physically couldn't get out of bed to go to college, that's mental health at the end of the day, that's a feeling. And I think, you know... I, I get it's like kind of different generations and you know teachers um very much haven't been allowed to like get involved in that way until recently but you know it's 2018 no it's not it's 2019 <laughs> now and I feel you know if you are listening to this and you're at a drama school and you want help again contact Amory at the MTA get your school up for the charters and mm. get education into your drama school about yeah. mental health at the end of the day uh, people have always suffered from mental health issues. They're always going to. The industry is only going to get tougher and more competitive, yeah. and this these issues aren't going to go away. And so, if we just tackle them all together, then we're going to have a much higher success rate than if we just pretend it's not happening. Yeah, I feel. I feel like it's not. I don't think any of these people are like a, a bad people. I spent so much time thinking, oh, like so infuriated by these people, but it is a lack of understanding. Mm-hmm. Because there were so there were so many other people in my year that had um, mental health issues from like body image and things like that, which is quite common in this industry. And still, people people wouldn't understand it, and I would have I wouldn't have an understanding of it because I've never kind of experienced that. But using what I struggle with, and then kind of like trying to put myself in their shoes, if that makes sense, then you just you just gotta. Everyone just needs to chill and just like, yeah, just n- not worry about other people. I think is the thing. Like, everyone is so concerned about what everyone else is doing, why they're not here and stuff. But you just you need to just focus on yourself. And if someone is struggling or not here, you need to be asking why. But in like a not why weren't you here? Tell them off. Like, is everything okay? I think mm-hmm. I think that's what I definitely missed out on. It was I was always being told off. Well, I was never once asked, is everything okay? 
why why aren't you here as often as you should be? It was more like me t- me being told off, so then I was shut off more. But like I like you said, I think it is down to a lack of n- knowledge. They there's no understanding. There's no people don't know what signs to look out for and things. So as we said at the start of the podcast, we are gratefully sponsored by King Manual Therapy. Stephen is a manual therapist who specialises in myofascial release, and Scarlett and myself are both here with him at his clinic today. Hello, Stephen. Hi, Scarlett. How are you feeling after your treatment? I feel really, really good. I had quite a lot of back tension and neck tension, I think you would say. Stephen just kind of shuggled me all up. That's a technical term. (laughs) So it was something that I wanted to start in 2019 in order to look after my mental health as I carry quite a lot of stress around my body. Um, And Stephen's clinic is such a supportive, safe and funny atmosphere. He offers top banter as well throughout his treatments. It's been a really great thing to do in 2019 for me. And I went for a vocal massage last week and having put off going for vocal massages for years because I've heard about how painful they are, I can confidently say that it was completely pain-free and I felt so much better after it and I think that there is a big link between looking after your mental health and looking after your physical health as well. So Stephen, if people would like to book in with you, where can they find you? So you can find me at kingmanualtherapy.com and there's a whole little booking system there. You can just schedule, come and see me, come say hi. We'll work out what we can do. And um, you can find me on Twitter. You'll find me, King Manual Therapy, and uh, Instagram, also King Manual Therapy. I feel like that's really unimaginative. (laughs) (laughs) Make sure you check it out. At the end of this podcast, we have a little discount for you from Stephen. So make sure you listen to the end to find out how you can redeem the offer. Let's just talk about um, now, the time is now. So you've graduated, you said it's much better than being at drama school. Talk to us about your time since graduating then and, you know, the ups and downs of the actual graduate life. So before graduation, I had a kind of full-on breakdown, um, which not many people know about. I um, I was given more tablets, I was given diazepam if you know what that is it's kind of for people who don't know it's kind of a really strong tablet <laughs> you take it's, it's very good if when you're in a really heightened state of anxiety and it can't like you can't control it you take it and it really calms you down um you can't really take it long term as it's not it's not really healthy to do so i was having a panic attack one night for i think about four hours and i was like i was home alone and i just I was, was freaking out, thinking, oh, my God, I'm going to graduate. I don't know where. Like, I don't like uncertainty. And that, you know, I'm in the wrong industry for that. But <laughs> but I do not like uncertainty. And for me, knowing I was like, I don't know what's coming next. I don't, do you know, I don't know what job I'm doing. I don't know where I'm living. It was just everything was up in the air. And so I had to, I had to go to hospital that evening to go get um, diazepam because there was no other way of me, like, calming down. Um, yeah, it was just kind of went on for quite a few months. I tried to do, like, a, a job to earn money while I was still in Guildford and classes were over, but I just, I couldn't, I couldn't go because I would just be just freaking out at the thought of having to leave the house. But I was really lucky because um, I had a great support system. I could ring my mum up whenever, I ring my sister up whenever. <laughs> Bless them, they answer the phone, and I'm just like, oh. um, and my boyfriend as well, he really looked after me. Um, anything I needed, he, just, he was just there for me, which I think 
like with the three of them just to help me get better and I think I like I've spoken to people who don't have a support system which I think must be awful because like like anytime I have an issue like I like I had a panic attack the other day in central London that was like my first panic attack down here and what an awful place to have a panic attack. Every, my mum was like, I was on the phone to my mum, she was like, try to focus on something. I was like, I can't, everything's moving so fast. <laughs> like, everyone's just running up and down the street because London's so busy. But, but yeah, I think it's really important to have a support system like cause of, because of my mum, my sister and my boyfriend have definitely got better. And then by the time I moved down here, things got better and I realised that I was freaking out over nothing. I did manage to get a job. I'm working in like a front of house job, which is good money and this kind of like stability at the moment. I'm living somewhere, you know, go, going to auditions, but like the only thing I feel like I'm lacking is just like a bit of just drive. I really just want to get there and like do it now. And that's definitely my thing for 2019. I just want to like get out there. Because from moving down in September time to Christmas, I kind of used the time to just kind of relax. I was going to therapy, I was saving money, and I think now is the time to, you know, get cracking, this is what I want to do, and, yeah, just wait and see. I think that's important as well, sorry, I think that's important as well to to have that time to adjust from graduation life. I mean, personally, for me, um, at the time leading up to graduation, I was like, I need to get a job, I need to get a job, then... And then it's, when one, one job finishes, I need to get a job, I need to get a job. And it's like, actually, no one in this industry goes from job to job to job to job to job till they're 99 or the end of their life, do you know what I mean? There's always going to be that out time. And I think that out time is so important to find your happiness. And um, um, just what Kathy was, did you say it to me? You said that you were focusing on your muggle job as your fantasy life and your acting life and I think I think we'll, we'll go on to that in a minute but I think that was so important yeah that really affected me when you said that um that you know we we do always think of you know that the acting life is our real life and this muggle life that we lead is it's just for now it's just for now but that just for now can sometimes go on for five years that this is our life both both parts of our life and we have to take the time and you know Right now, I'm in a, a kind of like, yeah, I'm just going to chill chill for a bit and see what happens. Whereas last year, I was like, this is going to happen, this is going to happen. And both is healthy, both is fine. But don't don't give yourself a hard time, I guess, from, from not being in an acting job. Yeah. Yeah. No, what you're talking about was what we mentioned on our Christmas special, how yeah, my counsellor said that the way I spoke about my muggle job was as if I was like, no, 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 that's not my real job. Acting is my real job. But I've been in my muggle job for a year yeah. with a couple of breaks for like a couple of small projects but yeah it just um for me what I'm finding difficult at the moment is that it seems never ending but yeah. I think that um I think that's that's a thing that you kind of have to I mean I'm only two and a bit years out just like Scarlet but that's something that you have to kind of get used to is not feeling bad that you're not in a in a, in a, in an acting job in in a in a real job is what is what I would say because as long as you're as long as you're working hard as long as you're prepped for your auditions and whatever like when you go in the room all you can do is give them your best and if you're not right for it you're not right for it and like the right things do come along at the right points yeah. is what I've found so far. What what I think is so important as well that at the time when me and Kathy graduated for example mental health wasn't spoke about. Mm-hmm. When you graduated, it's kind of been talked about. And I think going forwards, by the time 
what the 2009 class of 2019 it's going to be talked about so people aren't going to be feeling so isolated and feeling so sorry for being out of work they're going to be uh, hopefully blooming celebrating it like yes I can go to this class because I feel like crap and I'm gonna you know get get myself feeling a bit better or yeah okay I'm gonna stay in bed all day because I feel like shit that's fine and I think I think that's how we go forward in in all of this well it's just like the um the girls at the 98% podcast, their thing is that 98% of people who are actors don't make all of their income through acting. It's only 2% of actors who completely make their income out of acting. Apparently, you'll, you'll have to fact check me on that statistic so it's not like fake news and stuff. But um, yeah, that's um, that's the thing. Like Most people are not in work all the time. And it's very difficult when you're in the hub of London and a lot of your friends are working to, to think that that is that you're not in the minority or you're not in the majority because most people are in the same situation as you are. I just want to ask you some questions about the panic attacks because I was listening to a podcast today, actually. Um, Happy Place by Fern Cotton, Zoe Sugg. And she, for those who don't know her, her name's Zoella. She's a big YouTube star. She's like the most famous YouTuber in the world. Um, <laughs> but she suffers from anxiety and panic attacks. I don't know if you've heard yeah. of her. Yeah. And at the time when she first started her channel, she was coming in and out of London and she always had panic attacks. And then she started getting more and more famous and she was so scared to come to London in case she had a panic attack in, oh. I think it was Paddington Station. And obviously that's, you know, she was scared that her fans would come up to her and she wouldn't be able to cope. But what, what, what do you do if you do have a panic attack in a public space? Like, you know, what... What are just some tips for listeners that maybe experience in that or, or don't really know what it is? If you see someone on the street who you think they're having a panic attack, I think that's another yeah. thing we need to do is educate ourselves on things that we can, you know, see and, and help with. Um, I've totally had panic attacks in public. Um, it's quite embarrassing, really. I've, to- I've totally walked down the street and been, like, crying. But I think... I think... I've And I've seen people have panic attacks, and I... And I know what to do for other people. I just need to, like, do that for myself. Do you know what I mean? Um, Sometimes, like, I can totally just, like, control it and think, you just need to breathe, you just need to stop and take a minute. And I always tell myself, if I'm going to be late, like, fuck it. I'm out of the... Yeah. Yeah. If you're late, you're late at the end of the day. Just make up an extravagant excuse if needs be but <laughs> or just tell the truth and be like I had a panic attack um yeah you just need to just like stop and take a minute get a glass of water sit down yeah you just need to just just take just take some time I'd say I'd, I, I wouldn't just like carry on and just rush things and push through it if like it's already begun I think you should just like take a minute but if you feel like one coming on, I feel like you should definitely fight it. It's like the fight or flight thing. Um, try to fight it, but if you end up, it just totally begins. You need to just just take some time for yourself and just chillax. Just do something you enjoy for a little bit, but just don't rush into anything. Like if you've got to go to work, call them up, just say, oh, I'm going to be a little bit late because either tell the truth or just say my tube's running late. Yeah, that's what I'd say. Brilliant. I think for auditions as well, if you do have an unweighted audition, cast and directors aren't the devil. No. The panel is not the devil. They're going to be understanding. And I think having worked on that side as well and seeing it, you know, people are late all the time and they go, okay, cool, we'll slot you in here. Yeah. And it's no shit off their back. So yeah. 
But I think that's the thing when you're in that situation, you heighten everything as well, don't yeah. you? So you think of the wasp, the, the wasp. You think of the wasp. <laughs> you think of the worst possible situation yeah. in your head, and that's it. There's no going away yeah. away from that. So it is difficult, but yeah. So what have you been doing since graduation and what will you continue to do to keep on top of your mental health this year? Um, so like I've said previously, I've been going to therapy. Um, I'm lucky enough um, that my parents um, managed to save some money and put it aside for me um, to do it privately rather than go through the NHS, which can be a kind of longer waiting time. Um, I think it's important to regularly go to the doctors as well. Um, a lot of people like to call me a hypochondriac because of that, but it's important because the medication that I'm taking can can actually make you very ill. It can make you sick at times. And over the past kind of like three months or so, I've had I've gone through a phase where I was sick like every other day, and we've kind of put it down to like anxiety and the medication that I'm on. It kind of can just not be very nice sometimes. So kind of, I think it's important to keep going to the doctors, making sure, you know, everything's okay on that side. I definitely want to start exercising because at the moment I'm just lying down in bed doing not much at all. When I know when I have exercised in the past, it kind of, it releases endorphins, it makes you feel better and you don't feel like as stiff and as groggy. So that's definitely my goal for 2019. And I think eating healthy as well. I've got into such a habit of, oh, I need a Coke and just need some chocolate and then I'll feel better. And I've always associated Coke with, um, this is the drink Coke, by the way. <laughs> um, <laughs> just to clarify. Not the weight, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've always associated it with, like, any time I feel really anxious, I can't, if I just get a Coke, I'll be fine. So I would end up having, like, <laughs> I'd end up having just like loads and loads and then I get a sugar rush and then I'd feel yeah. crap after it. The drink. The drink. <laughs> just to clarify that one more time. The drink. She is talking about Coca-Cola. <laughs> so obviously we've covered quite a lot here and you can't contact, you can't, you contacted us, you contacted us um, asking, you know, really passionately to come on and talk. Why do you think it's very important that we have these conversations? Um... I think from my experience, just um, during my time at drama school, I obviously have noticed that people have absolutely no understanding at all. And uh, kind of, not not just myself, I've seen other people be like discriminated against um, for the way that they are feeling or what they're going through. And, and I have seen other people with mental health issues being kind of bullied because of it. But I think it all comes from a, a lack of understanding and that's not just students I think it's teachers as well they really don't understand um, and I don't think that's anyone's fault at the end of the day I think if we haven't been taught about something how are we expected to know about it the only reason I know about it is because I've been through it yeah. if that makes sense like how I wouldn't know anything about OCG unless I had it I really don't think because I don't know many of the people with it but I think it kind of should start in schools that people need to be educated about it and it's not just drama schools I think it's like high schools and things as well but drama schools is a great place to start and I, I don't understand why they can't in freshers week they can't just do a kind of talk on it explaining like why the teachers can't have training because I think that's what I think it's forgotten sometimes within drama schools I think that the kind of barrier between 
staff and students get kind of too friendly and then it's just yeah it gets a bit muddled and things like that and it's yeah I think we kind of separate that have everyone educated on mental health and then hopefully it'll be happy days hopefully Hopefully. (laughs) when you were talking there something just triggered my memory I remember when I was at drama school and I always looked forward to going to my singing lesson because I always just got to vent about how I was feeling. I was the same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My poor singing teacher, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I would just be, this happened, then this happened, then this happened. And she'd be like, breathe. Yeah. It's all okay. Let's begin. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like they're not getting paid for that either. And I no, think, sure. you know, I'm not speaking on behalf of the whole entirety of singing teachers, but I feel like, from a lot of people I know, that very much is a thing. Mm-hmm. How are you feeling today? Okay, well, your voice is like this because you're feeling stressed, yeah, blah, blah, sure. blah, 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 we need to fix this. So, yeah, I'll leave it there. We'll ask the last question. Are you ready? Kathy's going to do the honour today. Could you walk into a room and say, I'm having a bad mental health day? I'm going to say it depends which room. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to leave it at that because... So you kind of got to judge it by which room you're going into. Um, Not everyone is accepting. Some people say they are, but if you were to then say it, then they kind of kick off at you. Just just depends. I think you got to play that one by ear for me personally. But yeah. Brilliant. Well, Molly, thank you so much. Are you ready for a game? I'm ready. I'm born ready. Oh, yeah. Okay, it's called finish the sentence. She knows. She knows. Okay. It's quite... I've done this on the tube, the the sentences, (laughs) and they're they're quite good, aren't they, Cathy? Let me read them again. (laughs) (laughs) We're trying to spice them up. So, the most valuable lesson I have learned as an actor is... To believe in yourself? Yes, girl. (laughs) Yes. My guilty pleasure is... Lush bath bombs again. Yeah. I might go buy myself some now. Lush I bath bombs. <laughs> my guilty... Pl- oh, I just said that. Yeah. <laughs> my mental health to me is... Very, very important. And it should be to everyone. <laughs> everyone. In the future, I want to be... Um, an advocate for mental health. Yes, <laughs> come be ours. Yeah. My favourite coffee shop is... Um, I don't actually like coffee, but Cafe Nero is my local, and I'll just get a hot chocolate. Cute, yeah. cute, yeah. One of my 2019 goals is? Um, my 2019 goals is um, to... It's going to come to me. Start atru- achieving the things that I want to achieve, which are a secret. <laughs> <laughs> which no one gets to know about. Today, I am grateful for... Being here and being interviewed by you guys. Yay. This last this last one is really good. Okay. <laughs> Scarlet always comes up with the weird ones. Um, chicken pie is. Okay. Aww. I'm no, I think she was expecting a little bit more from yeah. that, Molly. Uh, with a with a crusty pastry, you know, soggy at the bottom. I'm not a fan of pies. Oh. Oh no. Mac and cheese is. Oh, I don't like that either. Oh my god, bacon. Bacon's nice. Excellent. Pizza? Yeah, pizza's okay, nice. Okay, you're safe. Okay, you're safe. I'm like, what food do you eat? <laughs> My goodness. Molly, thank you so much for coming and thank joining you. us today here at the Actors Centre. It was so great to chat to you. 
If you've got any thoughts on chicken pie, listeners, <laughs> let us know. <laughs> you know where uh, where the email is and where everything else is. Um, thank you, Molly. As we said earlier in the podcast, we have an offer for you. Stephen from King Manual Therapy is offering a 20% discount for 10 lucky listeners of any treatment of their choice. All you need to do is send out a tweet tagging us at Industry Minds UK and Stephen at King Manual Therapy. And make sure you use the hashtags Juicy Discount and Free The Voice. The first 10 people to tweet will be eligible for the discount and we will be in touch with how you can redeem your offer. Thank you for listening to this episode of Industry Minds. We wanted to make our listeners aware of the services that we offer. We are lucky to have the support of our counsellor, Mary Birch. Mary offers a private telephone or Skype service 24-7 and completely free of charge. She's also holding one-on-one sessions at a creator-friendly price of £25, so if you are interested, please get in touch. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please hit the subscribe button. You can also rate and review us on Apple. We want to reach as many creatives as we can, and this isn't possible without ratings from our lovely listeners. Share, tell a friend, and please continue to spread the word, as it really could help someone. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back with you very, very soon.